episode 235 of the All the Book Show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Michaels. I'm Nick Gunning. Yeah. How you doing, bud? Good. We both kind of wore matching outfits today. I didn't. I mean, don't. Yeah. I got a black t-shirt on. Mm-hmm. I got gray pants. I got black right. shoes. I got right. the I got the red. Right. We are very closely matching but today. We're going to see Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. Yes. After this. Yes. So we won't because I'm wearing a Super Nintendo t-shirt. I am wearing a Sega Genesis yeah. t-shirt. I'm letting people know where I stood in As the 90s with Super Nintendo. Yeah. Was that the right side to be on in the 90s? I don't think so. It was so. a pretty good side was to be it? on. Thank you. Yeah. If you want to hear more about this debate, <laughs> go back to episode 168, yeah. SNES versus yeah. Genesis. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? A retcon on that episode. You asked me if Genesis won in sales and stuff, and I said no because yeah. Super Nintendo had sold more. But Super Nintendo had won. I mean, Nintendo had the lead. Mm-hmm. And as far as I looked, Super Nintendo came out first, oh. and Genesis basically like evened it out. So yeah. considering the lead Nintendo had in just the market, right. the fact that Genesis was even, neck with, and neck. it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. Genesis was where it was at. Incorrect. You guys didn't have Super Metroid. That's true. But yeah. you didn't have Sonic or Knuckles or Tails. <laughs> That's true. This isn't a Sonic the Hedgehog spot. I wish it was. <laughs> No, it's not. In fact, we're going to be talking about one Jack London today. Yeah. Uh, Eric and I... Off if he mic- was to write Call of the Wild or White Fang today, it would be about Sonic the Hedgehog. Hmm. That's a fair point. Sonic is the one in White Fang. Yes. And Knuckles is Call of the Wild. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. So, back in episode... Screw Shadow. 43, if you can believe this. 43 from June of 2016. Eric and I had swapped <laughs> books... And uh, we read each other's books, and then Eric was like, oh, you got to read White Fang. And I was like, okay. And so we said, in a month's time, we're going to talk about White Fang. That was, I kid you not, almost four years ago. Yeah, that but, segment fell apart. But here we are, yeah. nearly 200 episodes later, getting yeah. ready to talk about all things Jack London, including mm-hmm. White Fang, which I have read. Yeah, We've, we've done it uh, once, successfully right the original plan was yeah that we would swap a few i read times. your steve martin book and yeah, you read you starship read, troopers you read pleasure my company i read uh, that and then we were going to uh do it again alternate yeah, yeah. you were going to read domestic violets by matthew norman yeah uh, which i still love one of my favorite books mm-hmm. uh and uh, i was going to read white fang and yeah. and here we are so we yeah, are you've been be holding on to my copy of white fang called the wild four years for four years for four years yeah, I've i know exactly where it is this entire time don't you worry about it you could have taken it. it at any time yeah that's true now you can have it back thank you i want you to have it i want to take just it just take it okay okay all right well uh before we start talking about jack london uh-huh uh, let's get into some bookmark. Are you going to be nice this bookmark? Yeah. Because sometimes you're not. Sometimes I'm grumpy. Sometimes I talk about what I've read and you're like, oh my gosh, can we move it along? Am I really like that? Sometimes. Oh, I, I guess yeah. I thought I hit that You're better. like Sonic the Hedgehog when I put the controller down for too long. Mm-hmm. Starts tapping his foot, shaking his finger. Cross his arms and yeah. tap, tap. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. He had such an attitude. That's me? Yeah, when so I'm doing my bookmark. So your insult to me is that I'm like <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog at the height of his popularity. Oh, is that word. what you're saying? Hey, I got to take this call. Is that true? Yes, it is. So, all right, I'll be I'll be patient. All right, I'll be patient. Like and, tails, uh, yeah, like tails. I loved how in two player with tails, he could do anything and he'd just come back. Right, very powerful. Okay. Very powerful tails. Yeah. All right, well, uh, let me tell you some of the things that I've been reading. Oh, okay. So you're ready? starting. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Okay. I finished Stuff. 
I finished some stuff that you might have some feelings about. Okay, so hit it. Let's see. Well, I read Woods Runner by Gary Paulson. I have zero feelings about this, but continue. Are you going to read it? Yeah, I have okay. to. Yeah, I know. Uh, we're doing this for I'm a book club. Legally required. As part of our <laughs> uh, Revisiting the Founding Era grant. This is a book club Eric's doing with what grade? Seventh and eighth? Yeah, that's okay. correct. So, uh, well, I guess if you haven't read it, I won't really get into it. We can talk more about it when we talk about Gary Paulson in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, Gary Paulson's The Woodrunner. I will say I like the little historical facts that bookended each section. Uh-huh. I like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, I read Rockin' and Groot, Keep on Truckin' by Tom Engelberger. Yeah. So this is like a junior junior level Nick book. Nick is a single man <laughs> with no children. <laughs> right, yeah. I just <laughs> read this on my own. No, I've been reading this to my son. This is the second book in this series. And it's pretty fun. It's all mm-hmm. it's just all dialogue. It's basically like a script. Right. But it, they do a lot of interesting things with like when the there's a there's a like a sentient tape dispenser who's a character and so whenever she talks it looks a certain way. Whenever Rocket talks it's a certain way. And mm-hmm. so it's illustrated but it's also just sort of a novel. But fun. um yeah. Yeah, a lot of cross appeal. I think this would appeal to many different ages. My son was five, <laughs> and he loved it. So th- these are fun books to and read. And you're 47. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't handle it. Yeah, it was I'm, just so funny. Well, I'm 49. I'm just about turning two. <laughs> so that was pretty decent. Uh, I Did read, you say you're 39? No, I'm 37. Oh, my gosh. I was yeah. so scared. I said 49. I know. But then I was like, maybe he meant 39. No, I'm 37. Yeah. All right? It's all right. How old are you? 33. 33. Going to be 34. 30. Going to be 34. I'm 33 Pretty years soon. young. Man, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I looked so much better than you when I was 33. Excuse you? Yeah. Really? I just really had I'm it. pretty sure you were in a gurney. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, wheeled out but, of the hospital but, in a revolving door. <laughs> All right. I read Detective Comics League of Shadows. This yeah. is part is of this the Rebirth, rebirth? run. It is. It's is rebirth. this the one that was originally Batman and the... Or like Rise of the Batman or something. That's the first volume. Of the okay. Series, yep. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out where, which series this yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. So this one was decent. It was like who's that on the cover with no the, uh, the mouth in the mask? Uh, Cassandra Kane. <gasps> She's back. Yeah. As Orphan is her new name. Cassandra Kane, who a version of her appeared in uh, Birds of Prey. Birds kind of, of Prey, as we discussed last week, but this was yeah. not that version. Uh, this was decent. This was decent. Good, not great. Uh, mm. And finally, I read the One and Only Ivan by Catherine Applegate. This is the first of her non-picture uh, books that I've read. Ah. So I liked it. I thought it was really good. So sad. I know. It was sad. But also sort of hopeful. Yes, it was. Yeah. But it's also like th- one of the saddest books I've read in a long right. time. Like right. you, I remember when you all were reading like The Wild Robot. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's so sad. And I read yeah. it. I'm like, is it? Yeah. And then I read this. And I'm like, oh, my God. I know. I remember. I can't move. I remember. <laughs> I can't breathe. Yeah, this was good stuff. So sad. Uh, I'm also going to read, because we're going we're gonna to be doing a Sequel's Catherine. coming out. Yeah. This year. Yeah. One and only Bob. In May, I think it yep. is. Uh, we're going to be doing a Catherine Applegate spotlight uh, sometime in the coming months. Yeah. And so uh, I'm boning up a little bit. I have the first Animorphs checked out. Now <laughs> that I finished Rocket and Groot, I'm going to read it to my son. Man, I've got the entire series at home. Oh, well, I want the stats, baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I do. I've got, I've got all the main books. I've got all the Megamorphs. I've got all the Chronicles. Is this for the listeners? And I've got the uh, Alternate Morphs. Am the I two supposed <laughs> to be surprised that you have all these? But I still have the Alternate Morphs. Yeah. A the, lot, of those, your a lot of those were ghostwritten. I hate to break your heart. Yeah. She wrote them with her husband. Oh, um, that's cute. I guess. Jack London? No. Oh. What's his name? He uh, he writes the Gone series. James Grafando? No, the Gone series for the kids. <laughs> I don't know. For teens. How would I Michael know? Grant. Okay. All right, Michael Grant. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, so we're going to be doing that in down down the road here. I am currently reading 
uh, the novelization of Revenge of the Sith. Okay, I just don't understand <laughs> what you're doing as a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Why are you reading the novelizations to the movies you don't like? Well, I wouldn't say that I don't like Revenge of the Sith, but... You don't like any of the prequels. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right. If I was going to watch one, it would be Revenge right. of the Sith. But no, I've heard such good things about this novelization. Here and it's it part of sort of a loose trilogy. Yeah. Of, Labyrinth know, of Evil is yeah. first. Yeah. Then there's this and then Lord of the Sith. Yeah. So anyway, um, this is part of my, uh, my sci-fi book club where we do Star Trek and Star Wars alternating. Mm-hmm. And my brother, Steven, who's been on the show many times, uh, loves this book. It's like his favorite Star Wars book. Mm-hmm. And so it was his pick and he picked it. And so we were all like, okay. Mm-hmm. So here we go. And I've got to say, it actually <laughs> is pretty good so far. All right. It feels pretty legit. It's giving right. good background. <laughs> as long as I forget that Hayden Christensen is a thing, I think I can... Matthew Stover is Matthew the author. Stover's I don't recognize author. that name. He's written other other Star Wars things. Weird. But I don't know. And then well, I'm, I'm not nerds like you guys. Oh. I'm not a nerd okay. like you guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have all the Animorphs, actually. I have oh, all the Animorphs spinoff. I shouldn't have said the Animorph thing first. <laughs> you definitely shouldn't have said that thing about the Andalite Chronicles. <gasps> Green Arrow, the last action hero, not the Schwarzenegger. Right. Not the Schwarzenegger. Sure. Oh, um, boy. This is the well, next in the Mike Grill right. Green Arrow run, and I'm really liking that. Uh-huh. You can go back and listen to our Green Arrow episode wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. All the books show. Don't forget that show. <laughs> Good so far. Yeah. Are you crying a lot while you read this? No, I'm not crying. Okay. Why are you asking? You just cry a lot when you read Green Arrow. Do I? Yeah, you talked about that during the Green Arrow spotlight. I don't remember I'm that. like, so what else do you like reading Green Arrow? He's like, yeah, but I cry all the time while reading huh. it. Don't recall. I was like, "Why are you like a baby or I something?" Don't and you're like, "Yeah, that. I'm like a big baby." Can we pause a minute <laughs> to talk about the Schwarzenegger film, The Last Action Hero? Because I've never seen it. Oh, and I would like to know what the premise is. He's really you yeah. don't know what the premise well, of Last he, Action Hero is. Like, he, is he like an actual movie character who comes into the real world? Yeah. Well, okay. the boy who likes these films, the boy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He he enters the movie sure. world mm-hmm. where everything is ridiculous. Oh, he's in the movie world, and then at the like the third act. The bad guy and Schwarzenegger and the kid go into the real world. Okay. But then at the end, you think Schwarzenegger's going to die because he's been shot. So they put him into the movie world again. And they're like, what? It's fine. He, it's just a flesh wound. It's just a yeah. scratch. And he's like, oh. Uh, apparently, it's it was underrated for his time. I saw it as a kid and I didn't really get it. Yeah. I think if I watch it now, I'd find it funny. You want to watch it? All right. <laughs> hey. Uh, All right, is but that that's, it for you? That's it for well, me. Well, that was yeah. a good transition because I watched Terminator Dark Fate oh, over the weekend. Terminator Dark Fart. What did you think? Did you like it? No. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think you would. Listen. I didn't think you would. Here's the thing. Yeah. I can objectively tell you that it is better than the past three sequels. No way. I can tell you it's better than Genesis and it's better than uh, the other one. Look, it's Salvation. Def- it's definitely better than Salvation. My only thing with Genesis is like at least they went for something different. I whether you like it I or don't not, know it's anything about. You think it's better than three though? See, I actually I'm not entirely sure about that. No, it's not. Uh, the thing is, like the action scenes are good, the acting is good, it's filmed well, so it's definitely like I'm watching it and like as a movie I'm like this is this feels harmless. As a Terminator film, it can go to hell. Hmm. So um, it feels like. I don't know who it's for because no. if it's if it's it doesn't feel like it's for long term Terminator fans because it says screw you to Terminator fans within the first three minutes of the film yeah and then continues to do so yeah with the other things and then if it's for new people it's like glass all over again but if it's for new fans yeah how many people are jumping on board this new as new fans on film six no one which is 
acting as a sequel directly to two. I'm yeah. so over this yeah. fad of making sequels. I agree. That ignore the other sequels. Yeah. I mean, I it's it sometimes works for certain movies and doesn't for like others. What? I think the Halloween film was like a big hit oh, when okay. they did that, but like I don't care about the Halloween movies. Right. But it's just I'm just so over this. Especially like if Terminator, you have time travel, you can just explain right. that anyway. It's it's just very frustrating. I didn't think you'd like it. Um, and the problem is, like, the way they defeat the Terminator, the evil Terminator yeah. in this movie, is the same way they defeated the Terminatrix in 3. I know. With the power cells. Yeah. And then the whole... Spoiler alert. I guess. <laughs> and, yeah, okay. They use a power cell at one. But the they, they have, like, a human-Terminator hybrid. That's from Salvation. Right. Yeah. They, they're messing with, like, the original... That's Genesis. It's just... Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. I don't... I almost feel like they brought back Sarah Connor, but like, it, it's almost like an insulting way that her character is like presented. Like yeah. people are like, well, you, you're not important. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating. Right? I'm frustrated. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't listen. I don't <laughs> care about the Terminator film, yes. so it didn't really bother me that much. Yeah, but I, mean, I didn't like it. I mean, yeah. I thought there's nothing new here. I guess if you're like how I am with the Alien films, where I've seen them all, but I don't care. Yeah. So when something bothers alien fans i'm like whatever yeah. then yeah i could see self uh like kendra and i think had wife. A, enjoyed uh, dark fate mm-hmm. but she doesn't really care about the terminator series yeah. in general mm-hmm. but like as somebody who's like terminator 2 is like not just like a good terminator film it's yeah. one of the great movies of all time okay. and it's one of like the <laughs> best <laughs> sequels ever mm-hmm. At th- the end okay i am gonna spoil this so if you don't want Terminator really? Dark Fate Wha- okay. spoiled for you. All right. No, because here's the thing. The Here last goes. shot. Here comes the spoiler. The very last shot of this film is just a car driving down suburbia. Uh-huh. Right? That's it. But they play the Terminator that you just did that. Boom, boom, boom. They play it so loud. You yeah. take that music out. What is that last shot? I don't know. What is the emotion? It's just, it's one of those things I where I learned from, uh, what, uh, what's his name? M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, yeah. Where if a scene can't stand on its own without the music, the music is like, is a crutch. Yeah. And I just imagine that scene without the, and it's not even just like the Terminator theme, like on acoustic. It's just full, but it's just a car driving down suburbia. Yeah. What? It was supposed to be a trilogy? For is that who? true? Was yes. it supposed to be a trilogy? Yeah, oh. Cameron was work, writing the script for it, and it's just like, what What were they thinking? Are we ever going to see those Avatar sequels? They're, it's coming out. It really is? Yeah. Wow. They've been filming it. But it's just that's crazy it's to just, me. That is that's I don't know crazy to me. What because the, uh, because it's because of how it it works. <laughs> Terminator 2, they're like, "Yeah, you did it. You stopped yeah. Skynet." But yeah. now there's another program yeah. with different Terminator. So it's yeah. like, "Okay, so now this is a Terminator film, but it has nothing to do with right. anything." Yeah. It, it's like if I don't the next X-Men movie I can't help you. was called X-Men, but then all original to the film characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, they're not mutants anymore. Right. They're they're robots. Do you want to watch the Inhumans? <sighs> no. I just Yeah, I guess that's it. It's like if they called the Inhumans X-Men. Right. I, it, it's frustrating. <laughs> I, because you know what? The the people in it It's aren't, worth it for this segment the right now. The people in the I'm movie aren't it. doing a bad job. No. And Tim Miller I does like a fine job doing the scenes and everything there's all there's that kind of uh, and terminator 2 there's like real there's action scenes like i don't even know it's like a pandora's box <laughs> over here how I many action scenes do you this. remember from dark fate i mean there's that opening highway scene which i yeah. guess is more like look in how like much faster fac- thing. in the factory 
Right, the factory, yeah. which then becomes the yeah. highway chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the plane scene. But I just felt like... Right, yes. With mm-hmm. the last the last battle, is just a bunch of people standing yeah. in uh, in that dam. Yeah. I guess that's I it. Like, all I've, right, everybody just stand, and now we're just going to... I. I got I'm nothing, nothing to offer you. Ter- at least you know, like Terminator Three had that had a pretty good car chase. Salvation had a Terminator pretty good car Three chase. has an amazing car chase. I guess the one in this one, Dark Fate, was cool, like a cool car chase. But there's also this kind of like that. That's the thing. We Terminator Genesis, the the Terminator that was in there was also nanites kind yeah, of thing. Right. So like seeing this, it's like this is the 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 back of the box says the most dangerous Terminator yet. Yeah, and I'm. I'm th- I'm watching this movie. I'm like, because he can make a second Terminator, right? Then that's it. Yeah. I just, it's so frustrating. Yeah. I I mean, it, you're it, looking for me to defend. I don't him, know who's I'm not going to. It, it must be impossible to like after Terminator Two and you have the Team One Thousand. It's like, well, how do we make a more ter- dangerous Terminator than just this liquid metal thing? And they've yeah, tried, it. but I don't think there has been a successful. I mean, Terminator Salvation just didn't have one. Right. It was just a whole bunch of robots. Yeah. It's. It's so frustrating. It makes me as mad as all the other sequels, but I don't want it to because the things <laughs> there. And I don't buy uh, the girl's. I don't know her name. The one who's supposed to be the new Sarah Connor. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't buy her arc at all. I... At the end, when she's like, "We need to stand up," I'm like, "When did you start doing anything in mm-hmm. this movie?" It, it just is a quick, sudden change. It made me. So frustrated. And yeah. meanwhile, Sarah Connor's there, and they're like, well, your future sounds stupid. When Mackenzie Davis is just like, in the future that really happened, I'm like, shut up. Shut your face <laughs> right wow. now. Ugh. This was unexpected. <laughs> I have to tell you, it's unexpected, but I'm delighted. Yeah. The, I, I enjoyed the, this. The zero-G plane fight yeah. was, was cool. A that's, cool. A, that's a pretty cool concept. Boss, maybe yeah. you'd say. <laughs> was it boss? Yeah, I'm just wondering. <laughs> Uh, I thought because they parachute out in a yeah. Humvee. Yeah. I thought, oh, they're gonna do like a big final yeah. car chase. Cause why else would you parachute a Humvee yeah. out of this if you weren't gonna no have reason. a car chase in the Terminator series? But it's just what yeah. I what I like is how harmless this movie is and how long ago it came out <laughs> and how much passion. The choice was between this and uh, Dark and uh, Gemini Man. Oh yeah, but what what really made me pick it was that you had seen it. Yeah, and no, I was not going to let you have seen more Terminator films than me. <laughs> I've also seen most of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Most? Yeah, I've seen the pilot. Mm. You've no. seen most? I think I maybe have. You know what? I've seen it all. Wow. Yeah. Listen, it, the only thing good to coming out of Dark Fate is the fan fiction I'm about to start writing. I would. I would love to. I'm read gonna. That. I'm gonna. Love to I've come, read I'm that. not gonna share it because the, it's a high concept. I don't even. Let think, me tell you. I don't even think there's a place for me to say this anymore. But I watched <laughs> the. Uh, I watched the movie Underwater. Oh yeah. Over the weekend. Uh-huh. <laughs> Kristen Stewart. Yeah. My wife and I went to see that on Valentine's Day. Did it scare Day. you? Uh, it was very much like. Cloverfield at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, is what it was not what I was expecting. Hey, T.J. Mill is in both of them. I know that's <laughs> what I said. And one of the one of the other guys was the guy who's in Cloverfield Lane. So it was like there's a lot of Cloverfield oh, yeah. in this DNA. But um, no, it was fine. It was just a tense, it was just a tense thriller. Right. It was very simple. It was just like point A to point B, mm-hmm. monsters, water, yeah. case two. All right, that's it. But no, it was good. It was tense. So we yeah. had a good time though. We had a good time though. <sighs> and it made me so mad. No, just kidding. It didn't. Anyway, I was reading some people reacting to the big plot twist Are we that happens okay. in Terminator Dark Fate within the first three minutes. I won't say what happens because I was surprised because I didn't know it was coming. Yeah. 
Uh, and I kept waiting for them to like reverse it in the yeah. movie, and they never did. Yeah. And I want to believe in the next two movies they would have reversed it. Yeah. But I also don't trust them. Yeah. But anyways, they were talking about and how... And there's no way. There's no... We're done. No. The, I cannot imagine. I mean, they've now made three movies that were supposed to be the start of a trilogy each. They've had yeah. three trilogy starters that have not happened. But um, what the thing was... What a messy series. For a while, you could just ignore the sequels yeah. and whatever. It's like, okay, the sequels are bad. They ignore like the ending concept of like, we've stopped it and everything. Yeah. But... What this what this thing does it now also ruins Terminator 2's like main concept by what it does to a certain character and it's just I like I couldn't under I couldn't put in words why it was bothering so much that it did what it did but it was just kind of like nothing mattered everything mm-hmm. you like doesn't matter yeah. we don't want you old dumb Terminator fans that were big into <laughs> uh, Sarah and John Connor screw you have you read any of the books I've heard good things about the yeah books. I've heard the Terminator 2 novelization is pretty good. Kind of like how they pick, why they picked the Arnold Schwarzenegger model to go back in time. Yeah. Uh, it had, like, John Connor picked it because he remembered it or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, him. there's a lot of Timothy Zahn did That was the that. thing. I was going to start reading the uh, Timothy Zahn Terminator Salvation books because they're supposed to be pretty good. Because uh, Salvation had promise, too. It, I went, thank the Lord for Jurassic World is all I can say <laughs> <laughs> because that could have been... You know, the same thing, but... I do want to point out that friend of the show, Alan Dean Foster, wrote the novelization for Terminator Salvation. Uh-huh. So I suspect yeah. that's probably good because Alan Dean Foster is a novelization king. So, so frustrating. I agree. All right, let's hey, move on. Yeah, this is sorry, a tense, book this is a tense right. segment. All right, what did I read? Yeah, boy, I'd love to know. I read Cable, volume three. So okay. I've been reading the new Cable series. It's only three volumes. Okay. Different creative people working on each volume different direction for it it's all over the place so i don't know this is not what i would give to somebody who wants to be a cable fan are there those people there are cable fans i like cable but somebody who wants to be a cable fan oh yeah that might be trickier i think that's a that's a i I mean i would just say start in the 90s at that point um (laughs) okay you know what before we get to these two because you're gonna have something to say about one of them i read avengers standoff we have the hardcover of this in the collection okay uh because on the marvel app because it's nonsense. It's yeah. nonsense in the Marvel yeah. app. There's like five or six different books. And if you want to read Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the comic book series, I was reading... I, it was so boring. I they bet. definitely got that Daisy character in there. Well, it's like when we wanted to read Blackest Night and the yeah. uh, the collections of the DC. Yeah, nonsense. was totally nonsense. Yeah. So we had to like interlibrary loan yeah. six of them and just mm-hmm. round robin those babies. The idea is that supervillains are being uh, mind-wiped or uh, having their mimes, they're, they're being meant to believe that there are other people and they're living in a Pleasantville kind of situation. Right. And they start waking up from it. Okay. Which is like a fun concept, you would think. But it's 16 issues. <laughs> this thing is longer than inf- Infinite Crisis, wow. than Civil War. Nothing feels longer than Infinite Infinity Crisis. Gauntlet. This thing is 16 issues. That's a lot. I mean, so, no, I, f- I thought this was so boring. All right. Which one should I? Okay, I read. I'll read. I'll talk. I read X Men Gold Volume Three. Okay. Mojo Worldwide. Oh. So this is a crossover between X Men Gold and X Men Blue. Uh, the reason why, because I'm reading through these series, Mojo. 
is uh, he's doing his thing. So Marvel ran like a legacy thing. I hate Mojo. Marvel ran like a legacy thing where uh, different characters were relating to something in the past. And so the writers used Mojo to do that. And Mojo was capturing the X-Men and he was making them battle through their greatest hits. So they were having to deal with uh, Days of Future Past, with Execution, uh, Executioner's Song, with uh, Extinction Agenda, all that stuff. And it was just kind of funny because he was making fun of everybody. He called X-Men fans. <laughs> like X-Men fair fans uh, are those who are feared and hated by the world and all this stuff. <laughs> or p- self-proclaimed feared and hated. Like we X-Men fans are always like, Marvel doesn't get appreciate us. <laughs> Which was funny. I, I know you hate Mojo. I, I like Mojo. I, I like. When, I know you do. I mean, I don't want a, every issue to be Mojo, yeah. but I like when Mojo shows up mm-hmm. and has something fun to do. So... It, this was also too long. It was too long for his concept, and it didn't really do anything with those greatest hits, but whatever. I also read Rogue and Gambit. This is uh, by Kelly Thompson. It's five issues. It's basically taking Rogue and Gambit as like a couple. They're on again, off again, will they, won't they stuff that's been kind of like stalled forever, and are we still talking about kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And like kind of brings it back into the spotlight and reignites it in a way that I didn't think was possible. It makes them a couple that I want to like see going forward because it has them just it, it has them undercover at a relationship spa okay. to figure out where where people have been disappearing to but it actually kind of helps them because they have to talk about their problems Classic. they have to talk about like why they've never fully formed as a couple and uh there's some action in there where they have to fight doppelgangers and yeah. deal with their memories and everything and it was good mm. it it really had a lot of heart in there and i really appreciate it and it, like yeah as somebody my <laughs> It, it's weird because of when I started reading comics, like in 2000, all that stuff was written. So like I've read it at an accelerated speed, right. but it's been also going on forever. So it still feels like a long time. So it's just like, yeah, 20 years after I started reading comics, I'm okay with this. Wow. Okay. Um, it worked for you. So yeah, I, I had a good time with this. Um, and the art was pretty good too. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm all in for Rogue and Gambit being a couple. I guess so. Like again, good for you. It, it was. It finally felt like it's no longer this like, oh, they're flirting and everything. Right. Like they just had to like, let's just, just work. Let's just do this. Worked it out. Let's just do this. Yeah. Let's say yes to us. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <sighs> is that it? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't even bored. <laughs> yes, you were. No, I wasn't. I said mojo, and your eyes glazed well, over, and you that was had put your wallet in your mouth. I would like to read to you a quote. Do that... you not even like the mojo episode of X-Men? No. The one episode? No. All right. I would like to read to you a quote from Linda Hamilton that she gave to People Magazine in regards to Terminator Dark Fate. Mm-hmm. She said, I would be quite happy to never return. Yeah. So, no, I'm not hopeful, because I would really love to be done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She said that in, like, January or yeah. something. So, after the box office numbers yeah. and everything. And Skydance yeah. has told The Hollywood Reporter that there are no plans. Yeah. It continue. bombed. They said, uh, according to it, it, it made, like, 200 worldwide or something. But the amount of... It had to make, like, $400 million to break even. Wow. So, it had, like, a loss of $140 million. They just That's can't hard to make. Come back how from. do you? How does Genesis bomb the way it does, and you still say, you know what? Let's do it again. Yeah, I don't know. Let's do it again. I don't know. Honestly, this is on me for bringing this back. Yeah, and I recognize that. I mean, oh wow, Independence Day didn't have a. Remember that had a sequel and that bombed too. It seems like. Oh, I had no interest in seeing that. Yeah. Did you watch that? No. Okay. I I would feel like I'd also be very annoyed because I loved Independence Day as a kid. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Independence Day is as good as Terminator Two. Yeah. But. 
I love Terminator 2. I, I think Independence Day is a rough watch today, just, but we don't have to have that ri- conversation. Do you? I, I feel like I watched I it in the past couple of years. It's fun. Mm. You say Welcome to Earth? Yeah. I could have been I mean, at a barbecue. Yeah. Everything classic. Will Smith says is funny. Classic Him and Jeff stuff. Goldblum are so funny. Yep. Not helping. Yep. He says must go faster again. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. Shut up. <laughs> All right. You want to do some book news? What about the speech? Yeah. Bill Pullman speech. is the only good, is the only perfect American president we've ever had. Hmm. That's fair. <laughs> I, I'd like to say no, but. Maybe Lincoln. What about, what about Michael Douglas in uh, The American President? Uh, did he give a speech in front of a whole bunch of ragtag soldiers saying, today we celebrate our Independence Day? He gave a pretty good we speech. We will not go quietly into the night. All right. Do you want to watch Independence Day? Are you still showing the Twitch people Woods Runner? Is that is that true? <laughs> I forgot to change How long ago was that? <laughs> dark Fate really oh messed my with my gosh. head. The real Dark Fate. I think, really, Skynet's plan wasn't to send Terminators like back this. into the past, I'm over but it. it was to just constantly create Terminator sequels. That's Le- what destroyed humanity. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good point. That's a good plan. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's take a look at some book news. Yeah. The Audi Awards have announced. I need their, some sugar. I know, I know you do. <laughs> Audi Awards have announced their finalists. Audio Awards, for, uh, okay. Yeah, for uh, for the Audiobook Awards. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give you the the uh, the nominees for Audiobook of the Year because there are many categories and we'll take a look at the winners when they come out. But when does it come out? Um, well, of course you'd have to ask. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Not till late March, I don't think. Oh wow, okay. Anyway. Audiobook of the Year finalist titles include mm-hmm. Angels in America, a Gay Fantasia on National Themes by Tony Kushner, narrated by Andrew Garfield, Nathan Lane, Susan Brown, Denise Gao, and a full cast published by Penguin Random House Audio. Becoming, written and narrated by Michelle Obama, published by Penguin Random House Audio. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's Web by E.B. White. What? Maybe that'll... Like a new version? Yeah, I guess so. Narrated by Meryl Streep and a full cast published by Penguin Random Audio House. Boy, Penguin. Uh, the Dutch House by Ann Patchett, narrated mm. by Mr. Tom Hanks. Really? Published by Harper Audio. Yes. Wow. The Only Plane in the Sky, an oral history of 9-11 by Garrett M. Graff, narrated by a full cast with Holter Graham, published by Simon & Schuster Audio. And finally... The Testaments, the sequel to The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, narrated by Anne Dowd, Bryce Dallas Howard, Mae Whitman, Derek Jacoby, Tantu Cardinal, and Margaret Atwood, published by Penguin Random House Audio. Those are your your finalists Mm. for the audiobook of the year. I wonder who else is in there with that Mel Street one. I don't know. They get like uh, Jeff Goldblum to play uh, Rizzo? Templeton? Templeton. Yeah, I would love that. You know why I thought that? Jeff Goldblum played uh, the rat villain in Captain Planet. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember the old Charlotte's Web movie? It was uh, it was Paul Lind who was yeah. Temple. He was like, "Oh, Charlotte." Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I want to have some cotton candy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He has his whole song. <laughs> yeah. More and more. A fair is just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sport. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds was Charlotte in that. The yeah. late, the late Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. It's a right. Sad movie. It is. I don't think it taught the me about death. The book is great. The book. The book is great. Have yeah. you read this book? No. I mean, I know I'm not I'm not going to change anybody's mind on Charlotte's Web, but <laughs> I just read it like last year to my son and I mm-hmm. was I thought it was a great book. Yeah. It felt very like fresh and modern, mm. which is not what I expected. Yeah. Charlotte's Web, everyone. <laughs> All right. What do we got? Read on it to your kids. New York Times bestseller list. All right. Got anything new and exciting over on that list? Should we do a weird one this week? A weird one? Now cool. I've got the hardcover fiction. Let's do it. Number 10 is new this week. The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Dare. A 14-year-old Nigerian girl who is sold as a wife, then as a servant, resolves to speak for herself and others. 
So what is that number nine? The the Dutch house, right? That's the one you just said was Tom Hanks. Yeah. And Patches. So this is the sibling relationship is impacted when the family goes from poverty to wealth and back again over the course of many decades. Why would Tom Hanks do this? None of this is about historical figures. I don't or know. Or recent historical figures. I don't figures. know. You know, he just read his own audiobook, and I wonder if he was just like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. I don't know. When do you think Tom Hanks is going to play you or I? Not for a while. Yeah. We got to get a little We're older. much younger than Tom Hanks. Well, they'll de-age him. I don't listen. I don't want Colin Hanks playing me in a movie. Colin Hanks. I don't want Colin Hanks playing me in a movie. That's I all think I'm gonna he say. could play me. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> no reason. If I had my if <laughs> I had my choice, I'd pick Topher Grace to play me. Really? Yes. You're not that dry. What? <laughs> You're not as dry as Topher Grace. Oh, okay. He's like a saltine cracker. He can be. He's pretty sarcastic. You're like a saltine cracker with a nice spread. Huh. <laughs> Number eight, Lost by James Patterson and James O'Born. The new head of the FBI task force takes on a crime syndicate run by a pair of Russian nationals. And then at number uh, seven, The Silent Patient by Alex McKillides. Theo Faber looks into the mystery of a famous painter who stops speaking after shooting her husband. Number six is Such a Fun Age. You've had no reaction to this book whatsoever every time I've read it. Six weeks on this list, I say Such a Fun Age, which is a fun title. Yeah. Uh, Tumult ensues when Alex Chamberlain's babysitter is mistakenly accused of kidnapping or charge. Gives you nothing. Mm-hmm. You've just This book does not exist in your world. I guess not. <laughs> Did you ever see Adventures in Babysitting? No. Me either. Hmm. Jonathan Kellerman is at number five with the Museum of Desire. Good for him. 35th book in the Alex Delaware series. Four unrelated victims are found slaughtered in a limousine. Is a limousine referred to as a Museum of Desire? I guess it could be. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. Number four, Where the Crawdads Sing. Let's see if I can do this from memory. And... The 1960s, a North Carolinian marsh woman mm-hmm. is accused of murder. How close? Let's see. In a quiet town in North Carolina coast in 1969, a young woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect. I got the basic points. Yeah. I should be able to do that after I... 72 weeks. Yes, 75 you really should. Weeks. Yes, you uh, really should. All right. Number three. Preston and Child are back again. Mm-hmm. That that fun little comedy duo. Are. Preston Finally. doing the dishes. Meanwhile, Lincoln Child is pouring salsa out. It's got it all over the coffee table. <laughs> He's doing the dishes, Lincoln. Ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. The 19th book in the Agent Pendergrass series. Human feet. What? Human, Human feet. feet inside nondescript shoes wash ashore in Florida? <laughs> Just the feet? I guess. Huh. How are they together? You think the shoes are tied together? <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like, what are the odds? I guess if a current just caught both feet, I guess yeah. they wash up together. Yeah. Like maybe on different days, like you're not going to believe it. Yeah. We just found the left foot. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Golden and Death. A lot of returns here. A lot of these uh, 80th book. Oh my gosh. J.D. Robb, the 50th book yeah. in the Death series. She can't be stopped. Eve Dallas seeks the center of packages that give off toxic airborne fumes. Their feet. Scary. All right. Do you want to say anything snarky about number one, American Dirt by Janine Cummings? Only that it's been met with a controversy and has generated a lot of discussion. Bookseller flees Mexico for the United States with her son while pursued by the head of a drug cartel. Yes. 
also with Terminator Dark Fate. Like, okay. it comments on phones and drones and how we can't be... it, But then it doesn't do anything with yeah. that. You think in this, like, post... It mentions... You, just do something with that. And it doesn't, that would give it a unique experience. It, it tries doesn't know, to it mention... It doesn't know what it's doing. It tries to talk about uh, the Mexico... The American-Mexico border and in the wall and crossing and, like, that situation where they're, like, where the where the prisoners... Oh, we call them detainees. It's like, But it doesn't do anything with that either. Guess not. <sighs> Sorry. There doesn't seem to be a novelization, so. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Just All right. Was that, that was number one? Just Final Fight is inside a dam. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Also, when they pushed the one Terminator into the turbine, they You're they really did that before. All They've already done the turbine thing. I, there's nothing new in that movie. <laughs> Look, I said this six months ago or whenever it came out. Uh, so all right. you're not convincing me of anything right. new. Let's talk about Wolf Lover, Slightly Racist, Jack London. Is that true? Slightly Racist, yeah. Huh. I just learned about that. Interesting. But... It's at the time. Everybody's racist. I don't know why you'd want to start a segment like that. Well, just so that people know, we know. Okay. All right. we're, we're not planning to do an HP Lovecraft. It's not a great start to the segment. <laughs> okay. Let me just say that. All right. <laughs> All the books presents Author Spotlight. Today we're talking about Jack London. Yeah, specifically the ones I've read. Yeah, specifically the ones you read. Um, so let's let's. I mean, why don't you why don't you start it? Because you've talked about this book for many at least four years now, uh, as as one that's. Uh, I mean, right up on the top of yeah. your list, right? I mean, yeah. how, how would you rank this? Call of the Wild and the White and uh, White Fang are up there with my top five favorite books, probably. Wow, probably what, what one of the some of my, maybe my JP, favorite books. Period. Jurassic Park. Yeah. What else you got up there? I don't know. Okay. I've never I've never been able to do like a top five books mm. because they I, I feel like it changes and sometimes when I reread it yeah. I'm like, oh maybe not. Yeah. But I've reread uh The Call of the Wild and White Fang a couple of times. Always love them. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, if somebody was like pick your favorite book right now, I might just say Call of the Wild and White Fang. Really? It might be the easiest thing to answer. Okay. So All right. So when did you first come across I first read them as a child really? in the Illustrated Classics editions. Oh. Yeah. Read both of them. How yeah. I wonder how altered they are. Because they're both uh, relatively short. Yeah, I when I reread it as an adult, I was trying to figure it out. I mean, I think it's just the amount of prose in there. Yeah. The I mean, the story is still there. Right. So, characters are still met with the same fate, death. Okay. As they are in the, the. So you book. just picked up a, uh, you just picked up an illustrated classic. Of, yeah. What were they together? Or were they separate? They were separate. I okay. think I read White Fang first. Okay. So, and then I read Call of the Wild. Had you? For me, it was the Disney movie. That this the is White my, Fang? Yeah, this is my first. I haven't watched it yet. I put it. It's R- on like Disney Ethan Plus. Hawk, White yeah, Fang. Oh, I've, wow. I've added it to, to watch. Okay. So. All right. Was it good? I did you like it as a kid. Loved it. Yeah. I mean, it was one of my favorite movies as yeah. a kid. I was just I was transfixed <laughs> yeah. by this movie because I mean there's a part where he like falls into the ice and mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I was like, oh my gosh, what is how what is going to happen right. now? You know. <laughs> so that that freaked me out. I did not know until like doing some research for this podcast that there was a sequel. Called White, White Fang, Fang Two, the movie. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Oh, really? I yeah, my parents rented it for us one time, so I didn't watch it in context. Or right. Anything. Okay. So is it good? Uh, I don't remember it being great. Uh huh. I don't. I don't know. I was trying to see if any of the cast from the Ethan Hawke White Fang, like if it if it features any of the same cast, and it looks like Ethan Hawke at least cameo, or like does a, a brief thing. Hmm. But I don't. 
I don't know. I, I just didn't know yeah. anything about it. And yeah. I've seen the other White Fang a million times. Yeah. So I don't know how I missed this. And now I'm going yeah, to have to White Fang 2 exists. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to make my son watch both of these movies. Oh, okay. Do you think they hold up? Because I haven't watched them the since movies? the 90s. I'll have to, when I watch the one that's on Disney+, Plus, I'll be able to tell you. Okay. But I, I was watching the, tra- it's like White Fang is like growling at a bear. Yeah. Doesn't happen. Uh, no, I mean, I'm just watching. I'm like, okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it takes a lot of liberties. All right. With the story. So wh- which which did you read first? Do you remember? White Fang. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about White Fang. White Fang. Yeah. Just go go through the plot quickly. Uh, wolf pup, uh, gets uh captured, uh, and is with his mom and everything, and they're basically just raised as a dog. So, um, he kind of has to learn what it means to survive in a uh, man's world. Mm-hmm. So the opposite of Mowgli. Right. Uh, in a way, unless you're watching Jungle Book Two, right? Yeah, I haven't seen that. Something like that. The <laughs> one with John Goodman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's basically just the story of this uh, wolf pup that uh, grows up slowly losing its, uh, you know, its connection to uh, the wild and everything. Okay. But it's uh, but White Fang is abused like the entire time. Um, it's it's original owners are okay. Eventually they become alcoholics and sell him, and he gets put into like a dog fighting ring, which is terrible. Um, and then you know, yeah. Uh, the the story about White Fang is the wolf becoming domesticated uh, and finding a good home. Okay. So which be then is the opposite of Call of the Wild. Right. So yeah, yeah. I I always confuse them. So the wolf pup is which one? White Fang. White Fang. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense to me. And then Call of the Wild is yeah. the uh, story of Buck, who is kind of a pampered house dog. Yeah. Uh, gets dog napped by, uh, by a shady figure who sells him as like a uh, uh, up north. I don't know if it's Canada or Alaska, but the point is he has to like start running in a dog sled. Right. And now he has to kind of learn what it means to be like uh, not fed yeah. and having to like fight for your food and... Yeah. Uh, like deal with a pack and everything. And then uh, eventually he has to choose whether he's going to stay a dog or become a wolf. Heed the call of the wild. Heed the call of the Which wild. Which one he's yeah. going to do. Yeah. yeah, I liked I liked just seeing the, I guess I wouldn't really say regression, but seeing, seeing those base instincts sort of reassert themselves yeah. over the course of like the journey that he's mm-hmm. going on. I, I thought that was a pretty compelling hook for the story. Reading it, I don't understand what this Harrison Ford movie is all about. Um, I don't really know. I read like, a review of it. it. It sounds like he still meets like the same kind of amount of characters. Okay, but I imagine it's quick to get to Harrison Ford. I see. I imagine Harrison Ford is playing the last guy. All right. Well, don't no spoilers. I just can't imagine Harrison Ford is the same as, like this, like the same decisions. Yeah. So he's playing the role of John Thornton. Yeah, who okay. I believe is the, uh, the guy. Who okay. Eventually ends up. Any with Buck. any interest in this movie? No, because of that oh. CGI dog. I know. It looks so bad. It's pretty crazy. I mean, I know like dogs can't act, but we'd rather watch like a good boy do his movie tricks yeah. and know that he got a treat for doing it than watching a CGI dog raise his eyebrows yeah. up going like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm a doggy. Yeah. So that is a really weird choice. Yeah. That's a really, really weird choice to make. Yeah. Even if he was gonna be a CGI dog sometimes. You know I, what I mean? It's just if weird. If you're making a Harrison Ford and a dog movie, yeah. we want to see Harrison Ford with like the real dog. Right. That's the point. Right. We want to... Because Harrison... I don't want to see Harrison Ford with a CGI dog. Right. You don't CGI a Wookiee. Right. You don't. So, you shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it looks like there's been multiple movies over the years yeah. uh, of Call of the Wild, and I've never seen any of these. There's a 1935 version with Clark Gable, mm-hmm. a 1972 version with Charlton Heston. Have you seen that? Mm. Chuck Heston? No. Have you seen the 1978 uh, Snoopy What a Nightmare, <laughs> Charlie Brown? That That'd is be an funny. Ad- that is an adaptation of this. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. Oh. Wait, maybe I which one? Adaptation of White Fang or Call the Wild? Call the Wild. What a nightmare, Charlie Brown. Maybe called. I have. I watched a lot of Peanuts cartoons as a kid. All right. There's an the anime movies. called Call the Wild Howl Buck. Huh. With Brian Cranston. What? Voicing it. I don't That's know. That's funny. Uh, a 1997 adaptation called Call of the Wild Dog of the Yukon starring mm-hmm. Rutger Hauer. Yeah. No? None of these? I mean, they're both very, both stories are very prime to just be like in a movie. Yeah. Because like, I mean, they're dog movies. If you're, right. ma- you're making those stupid dog purposes and a dog's life and all that stuff. I take that, Dennis Quaid. The, these movies, like, I mean, these stories are kind of fit. Like, yeah. we want to see a dog find a good home, and we want to see a dog go off and be a wolf. I do feel like that cartoon dog is really going to... Yeah. I think they're going to take a hit, numbers-wise, yeah. don't you yeah, think? I can't imagine this movie's going to be a hit. Not yeah. with, like, Sonic the Hedgehog out. Not, right. I mean, it just doesn't seem like there's a need for it. No. So I remember when it was like Harrison Ford's gonna be in the Call of the Wild. I'm like, maybe. And then when I saw the trailer, I'm like, yeah. oh, this is a children's movie. Right. I don't want to see this. Yeah. So. I didn't realize until Not just that, now yeah. that this Call of the Wild is actually a sequel to the Beethoven franchise. I yeah. didn't know yeah. that it was the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it's actually true. kind of a circular loop because Beethoven was a wolf. Okay. And now he's, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. That you just is, keep you just keep watching them in a cyclical nature. All right, let's talk White Fang then. That was uh-huh. your next. That was your next. What? No, that was the first one I read. Okay. My thing. Okay. I'm with you now. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a preference between the two of them? Because uh, they really, I mean, it's kind yeah. of exploring the same issue just from two different ways. You know, yeah, just I don't know the, if I have. I mean, because, <laughs> I don't know. Call the Wild's writing in the, the language of like Buck, like the call of the wild yeah. and like Buck experiencing like being in a pack and, and a wolf and all that stuff. Like it's very primal. And it's it's very just like yes this is this is what it's like to mm-hmm. just be out there running uh, with the wolves and everything. It's so I really like that. Uh, White Fang, I don't know. It's kind of like the rags from Rich's story. Yeah, I guess. that's true. So that's true. Uh, they're both pretty compelling. Um, I've never read any of his other stuff. I, I, at one point, I picked up the Sea Wolf and then found out that the Sea Wolf was a ship. Oh, and not a. You wanted a wolf, yeah. Another wolf, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> uh, I mean, it is his output is actually pretty amazing when you you look read at his it. sci-fi I mean, book. I did, yeah. I mean, he's just got he's got short stories, you know, published from 1894 uh, all the way up through uh, even even uh, posthumously some. Here he's got plays. He's got mu- a lot of poetry, like a lot of poetry, mm-hmm. um, and of course several novels. Yeah, the uh, I I picked up one of his sci-fi books called The Scarlet Plague. And I was pretty, I was pretty amazed by this mm-hmm. because it's, it was actually written in 1910, um, serialized in a magazine in 1912, and then actually published. Uh, Macmillan published it in 1915. So I mean, you're looking at well over a hundred years now at this mm. point, and what it is is you have. Okay, it's set in I think 2079. Wow. Yeah. That's a jump. Yes, and you have, um, you have the. The lens you have for this is is an old man who's actually your age, born the year <laughs> born the year that you were born. Oh no! Yeah, and this um, it's it 
it's actually like given given what's in the news right now, it's actually kind of a spooky story to read because mm. it's uh, it's about this plague that comes out of nowhere in 2013 and just keeps going mm-hmm. like they just cannot stop it mm-hmm. and it just keeps spreading and spreading and spreading and they just can't get a handle on it. And so cut to, you know, uh, 2079, all these years later, and you have an old man who is feeling like he is the only one who has any memories of prior to this plague in mm-hmm. 2013. Wow. And so he's trying to, like, tell his grandkids and the kids who are around him, he wants them to remember the world. He wants them to, to know what happened before, like, as he's ending his life, feeling like, all the memories of like the world that we know dying with him. He's trying desperately to like tell them like, this is what it was like. Like this, this is what the world was like. And then this plague started. And then as things went downhill and it's just, it's kind of a, it's kind of a dark book because of that, because like the world is, you know, decimated and it's not going well. And he's not, um, they not, they don't really take him seriously. You know, throughout the whole book, it's like they're not they're not sitting on his knee, like learning about all these things. They're kind of like, I don't even believe you. That's stupid. So you it's know? like a time machine situation. No, it's not a time machine. situation. No, but like how. OK, keep going. What do you mean? Well, I meant how like when the future, everybody's like regressed. And oh, he's trying to like. Well, yes and no, though. It's more like it's just. Um, yeah, I guess I guess you could say that it's a time Fox situation where he should tell them about something that would happen yeah, and they just believe him. President Miller Fillmore <laughs> and then yes he tells him. Uh no, but but it is I mean it is kind of dark in that way because yeah. I think normally in a situation like this especially for the time, especially if you look at like contemporary fiction at the time, I think it would be much more common for the for the listeners of this story to be like, "Oh wow, we must we must take these truths so we must influence the future and but no, they're just kind of like, "Yeah, whatever, old man." You know, like we don't care. Mm-hmm. And and that's just kind of the way it goes and so it's uh it's pretty shocking when you read it to to see that it was written in 1910 because it feels very much like you know, i mean if you told me it was written in like 1970 you know or if it was like you know 50s 60s sort of pulpy sci-fi i would absolutely believe you hmm. because even just the way they're talking about the viruses and like you know the even the science of it feels like you'd have to have a little bit more understanding of how germs work right. than you might have in, in 1910. So it's pretty, hmm. it's a quick book, but I thought it was pretty impressive and it, it, you know, it made me want to read more. Really. Right. But yeah, I've Weird. just, I've just read uh, call of the wild and, and scarlet plague, but um, are there any others in his uh, vast array here? That Not if the, unless to? there's like another dog book. I mean, yeah. I'm, I would definitely say I'm a call of the wild wife fang fan, not necessarily a Jack London yeah. fan. So, uh, yeah. So no, I haven't read any of his other stuff. What about the abysmal brute? It's no. about a successful boxer who's brought up in a log cabin. Hmm. No. But he starts to realize that boxing is corrupt. Oh snap! Do you like that? I like the movie Real Steel. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> similar. That's kind of similar. Let me see if I can find you. Let me uh-huh. see if I can find you another one. That's uh, yeah. These all seem pretty. I don't see any other dog books in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about the Valley of the Moon? No, haven't read any of them. Mm, no. <laughs> Now, this is about a working-class couple, Billy and Saxon Roberts. They're struggling mm-hmm. laborers in Oakland at the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. No? No. Not appealing <laughs> to you? Okay. All right. Uh, all right. I so mean, I think you kind of covered it, but yeah. but just a little bit more. Tell me about, like, what what draws you to these books? Like, why why is this a book that you want to keep reading? Like, knowing the story. And it's a very simple story. It's a mm-hmm. pretty straightforward story. But what is it that keeps, like, calling you back to it? I mean, 
calling you I, that? I, I uh, did do it on purpose. I mean, I'm a dog person. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, don't, I have three yeah. dogs in my house right mm-hmm. now. I'd have more if I could. Yeah. But I don't have a big enough you backyard. Can't. You know. And I'd have to have like a dog nanny. Yeah. <gasps> what if I trained one of the dogs to nanny the other dogs? What if you just became a dog nanny? Oh my gosh. Um and yeah, I think just as a kid, the that kind of, I mean my my idea of like heaven is just running with wolves. Really? Just, yeah. Just running with wolves to the woods forever. Huh. Just just be amazing. That's a um, that's a new fact I'm no, learning. I just today. I've just always really liked uh Dog and like wolves are just so like fascinating because they just do not give a like we look at dogs like oh they're domesticating stuff mm-hmm. but like the best you can get with a wolf is like tame and even that you know they just like dogs will look at you in the eyes when they're like trying to figure something else they'll like look up at their master yeah when they're like trying to problem solve wolves won't even like this guy can't help me <laughs> um, but so like yes just the how much I uh, like wolves and everything um, so I don't know that. I think just the writing. It doesn't mm-hmm. like, it doesn't, uh, like I read them as illustrated classics, but they didn't feel like children's books, Yeah, I guess. They they didn't feel like um, they, it's been brought down. Yeah. Like, and the puppy had a problem at that time. Mm-hmm. It was just very like straightforward books about wolves. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would agree. That's, that's what appealed to me so much about A Call of the Wild. It was mm-hmm. just, you know, it is a very simple story, but mm-hmm. it's not... That that doesn't mean it's like, no. you know, like lazy yeah. or something. I mean, it's just it's like elemental. Like yeah. what, what he's talking about is is just like sort yeah. of to the core of yeah. You know, it has it's applicable to like humans yeah. as well. Just yeah, like what and it you're kind getting of into what he, what you're kind of balances the whole like loyalty of both dogs, both White Fang and Buck, versus or balances them against like just the greed and selfishness of the humans around them mm-hmm. and how like. You know, even the best of humans in like Call of the Wild still, they suffer their own fate yeah. because they're they're greedy. You know, they're either, they're searching for gold, even though they're good to buck. You know, mm-hmm. in the end, they're their their greed gets the best of them. Yeah. So yeah, are you gonna see the Harrison Ford movie? I don't want to. Maybe yeah. I will. Okay. <laughs> I I don't know. Who's, I mean, I'm probably gonna, making it. I'm probably gonna take my son to it. So really? I'll I'll tell you. All right. I'll tell you how. Really? It goes. I think so. All right. I think you'd like it. But we're not taking him to Sonic. That's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> He's true. got a line. You're but you right, know what? Yeah. He, um, yeah. Real quick, in case you're wondering, uh, Jack London was an animal activist, mainly oh. against uh, um, the the circus, oh. uh, which were terrible, and yeah. uh, I have no defense for them which whatsoever. Which uh, another topic from uh, the one and only Ivan, which I just yeah. read this last oh week. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, uh, but... He was a little racist. Okay. Little. He believed in eugenics. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah. You know, he's one of those authors that you have to uh, decide how far you're uh, willing to go with yeah. his readings and stuff, mm-hmm. I guess. Like mm-hmm. H.P. Lovecraft and uh, the Conan the Barbarian author. Basically, right. every author of the early 1900s, yeah. you always have to be like, is it okay if I want to read this? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, always, a, that's always a challenge, yeah. because especially when you consider the time in which yeah. they're writing and... You know how much our understanding has changed. It's uh, yeah, y- yeah. It's it's a it's a decision I think you have to make with mm-hmm. every time you start to sort of look behind the curtain of yeah. Of, uh, yeah. those who do this that. copy of the book I got. Yes, it's just both just the two stories. Yeah, a lot of them are usually like Call the Wild and other stories, yeah. and then White Fang and other stories. Yeah, this is all I need. Yeah, you I just got the two of them. edition there. Yeah, so I don't know when I bought this. I probably bought this like in between college or something because I read it during like reread it in like. 2009 yeah 2008 2009 was when i reread them yeah i was like man i love these books 
Well, maybe now in another four years we could talk about uh, <laughs> domestic Adventurer violence and, and activist, philosopher, and alcoholic. Jack really? London was a man of great contradictions and greater talent. Interesting. Right in the book on the back. Put it right on the yeah. right of the blurb. Admired uh, by other writers, including Ernest Hemingway. I could see that. Hemingway's got like a sparse writing. Yeah, right? he does. Yeah. I've got to read some Hemingway. Oh, I have. The Old Man in the Sea. Yeah. That didn't have anything to do with that Chili Pepper song. I know it didn't. <laughs> All right. Well, we have, of course, uh, many, many works by Jack London here at the David A. Howe Public Library. Yeah. You can stop in and check it's those out It's not a book that's anytime. on like a reading list. Like I never hear teens like coming in like, I got to recall the wild for school yeah, or something. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's true. got a lot more modern mm-hmm. now. I, d- I was asking our teen worker yeah. what they have to read for school. And The Martian is really? on their list. Yeah. Really? Interesting. I w- it must be because of all the science. I hope they don't put Artemis on there. No, I don't think Terrible they do. Terrible book. But like, they don't. I was like, man, none, none of that. Interesting. I mean, I guess I read The Pearl and really liked it as uh-huh. a kid, but still. Uh-huh. Ste- Steinbeck's The Pearl? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to add on uh, Call of the Wild or White Fang? Uh, I will watch... White Fang with Ethan Hawke. Okay. So we, we Will you watch that uh, Snoopy? I, I must have. Okay. I mean, if well, I watched the summer camp one. I, I mean, I got to rewatch White Fang, and I got to watch White Fang 2. I mean, all this time, there yeah. was a sequel I really don't know. I, I remember uh, the end involving a f- like a river, like a dam. Hmm. Like maybe the dam was going to break. Were there Terminators there, or was it a different, <gasps> different no. dam? Yeah, okay, different cool, dam. cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, I like the word dam because it describes what the Terminator fought in yes. at the end of the movie uh-huh. but also the word I just kept saying <laughs> in anger <laughs> both versions there yeah. That's I great. was like Doc Brown waiting for Marty in the first Back yes, to the Future yes I remember that <laughs> classic scene just, look, classic just scene. looking at the movie like ah yep all right. Well, uh, we got a lot of things coming up here at the library. Yeah. Our uh, Sonic the Hedgehog spotlight coming up. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, also, I want to remind everybody: take the census when the time comes. <laughs> take the census. We yeah. just did a training about this here at the yeah. library this morning, and it is very important, though, that our area is counted yeah. for the people who actually live here and, yeah. and need services here. So it is important. So please, uh, please do that. Check what if that you're out. moving during the census? Yeah. Good question. That's that's hard. I think it's where you are on April first is where you where you ah. register. Yep. Okay. So April first uh, decides that. Also, uh, we have Dr. Phil Richards coming in here on the twenty seventh of February. Doing Finally, a, doing a talk as part of our revisiting the founding era mm, grant. Yeah, he'll be talking about Phyllis Wheatley, one of the first African American women to have a published work. Uh, specifically, she wrote poetry. So uh, Phil Richards is going to be here on the twenty seventh. So I hope you can join us for mm. that. Uh, book clubs That's February twenty seventh. February twenty seventh. Yep. Got a lot of things. Uh, got a lot of things going on. So hope you can stop into the library and see us. I think it's gonna do it for this week. We will see you next time.